This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Stand by, Rutherford County. The WGNS Action Line continues a search for truth. Right now that time, 818, you're tuned to WGNS on this Monday morning and our guest in studio from the Murfreesboro City Schools, Lisa Trell. Lisa, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I am doing good. It, it, it's unseasonably warm out there. It is unseasonably warm and it's hard to kind of believe that um, we are almost to January. I know. <laughs> It, it didn't feel like Christmas weather at all, did it? No. Our doors were <laughs> wide open. Uh, let the breeze come in. Yes. Sometimes that means it's going to be a very cold January and February. So who oh, knows? Oh, wow. That, that could be true. So those snow days will come in handy, huh? That's, that's right. <laughs> so what is happening with the city schools? Because I know they've been on break since, well, since when? Well, let's see. We've been on break for a week now. And uh, we are out again this week coming back on Monday for our teachers and Tuesday of next week, not tomorrow, but a week from tomorrow for our students. So it's been a nice break to have. Um, but I was thinking this morning, Scott, when I was coming in, I thought, I think this is the ninth or 10th year that I have come in the Monday after Christmas. <laughs> how, how do you get suckered into that? <laughs> I'm like, I'm not sure how I always get this one, but okay. <laughs> so what do, you know, when the teachers come back that first day before the students come back, what are they doing in school? Well, they have some in-services to do. Uh, it's an opportunity for them and the principals to get together planning and preparing for the break, I mean, for the next nine weeks. So lots of planning going on, lots of teachers really strategizing about what uh, focus they need to be on for the next six to nine weeks. Um, some really good in-services happening. Just gives them that day to prepare kind of you know everybody needs just a little bit of time to come back in and put our minds uh, right back into that education mode and to be preparing for that and the teachers need that little bit of extra time I, I know with COVID with the pandemic you know starting in 2019 I guess uh, we saw a lot of teachers retire we saw a lot of teachers um, decide to retire early because I, I guess they just they weren't used to the new ways of, of teaching that had to be done almost overnight. Well, you're you're right. It was overnight. We went from, okay, we'll probably just have an extended spring break to, okay, we're not coming back to school. Uh, it's been amazing to see the teachers and how resilient they are and the love they have for those children and their willingness to get outside of their comfort zone to make sure that our students had the best education that we could possibly give. It, it ranged, you know, from videos uh, that the students could watch at their own accord to um, we went back to school virtual. Some of the best virtual teachers we had were seasoned teachers who had never taught virtual in their life. The other ones who were the shining stars were those ones who were really new because they were used to the technology. But when you looked across the board, it wasn't one set. It wasn't one age group. It was teachers who just embraced and said, I can do this. I'm going to make a mistake. I'm going to uh, 
I'm going to, you know, push mute when I think I'm talking. I'm going to do other things. But uh, they did a great job, and we have been so blessed that this year we have been in school all year. We do have virtual teachers, so if a child gets quarantined, they can go to those virtual classes. Um, but it's been uh, just a blessing that we've been able to stay in school. You know, I know every grade is different, but for high schoolers who did some at-home learning versus being in the classroom, it it, it really you know, it hurt some kids, it helped some kids. I mean, it was literally all over the map as far as how it all panned out. What was it like for those primary and elementary school ages? I would say it's very similar. Um, we know that our youngest children learn best in the classroom. That's the reason the high schoolers were able to succeed a little bit more, especially depending on your personality. You can you can do you can you know you can pace yourself and again it's a personality thing as well much even for us who worked from home you know some people work from home much easier than others our kindergartners and first second graders really need that person to look to they need that they need that extra attention they need the pat on the back and all that our third through sixth graders did a little bit better with um being online but we know research says Every bit of research says it is better for a child to be in a classroom looking at an adult. And that's what we've tried to do. So I think I'm, I'm glad we had the learning that we did, but I am certainly not wanting to do it again. Yeah. <laughs> it I, was just one of those moments where we did what we had to do. And going forward, we really want to focus on keeping our children in our classrooms. And we want to focus on keeping our teachers in front of them. You know, I know when I was a kid, there's no way I could have done school at home. It just it wouldn't have worked out for me. You know, I, I, I get too sidetracked too easily. It would be tough. Mm -hmm. Me too. Me too. Well, well, when I was a child, I was out in the middle of nowhere. So <laughs> I don't think dairy farms had Internet. <laughs> right. But uh, no, I'm not I'm not a work from home kind of person either. I really need to be in an office and focused. Uh, so everyone, again, has their own way of doing things. And um, some some people do it much better than others. Some people need that interaction with other peers and um, others are introverted and you they're just happy to be online so it was really it's really nice that we were able to offer both and especially the high schools that were able to offer both but again right now we want to we want to stick into that classroom so we lots of plans going forward uh, throughout the pandemic we learned some new things and one of those items that we did learn is that there are about 13 to 14 percent of residents in Tennessee that don't have internet at their house and that probably played a negative role I would say in a lot of households for kids who, who don't have that availability of internet unless they went to the library to use the internet or somewhere like that. Yeah, and it's about the speed of the internet too. They may have their cell service or a cell phone, but I know the good thing is like the folks in Eagleville got internet because of this. Yeah. That was part of the COVID funds that was given to us from the federal government. So that is nice that they actually did get that high speed internet that they need. Um, yeah, so we take advantage that every, or take for granted that everyone's household looks like ours. But there's a lot of children who live in the city who don't have that as well. There's an affordability cost. It's, it's expensive to have high speed internet in your home. It's expensive to have cable in your home. So uh, and if you are a resident that doesn't own that home or maybe you're transient, 
can't, it's very hard. So we, uh, I think all the school districts did a great job of trying to keep those children online as well with uh, hotspots and other things. But we learned hotspots don't really do a great job of giving enough uh, broad uh, band to uh, keep running on multiple children. So anyway, we've learned lots of lessons and I'm looking forward to uh, the new year and all the things we have planned and trying to get back to a new normal. Uh, so we're looking forward to that and we've got lots of activities planned coming up. Lisa Trail with us with the Murfreesboro City Schools. So Lisa, as we go into the new school year and the school year ahead of that mm-hmm. even, uh, what are we looking at as far as are we prepared for another COVID-19 outbreak? If so, what's going to happen? What plans are in place? I hope we're prepared, um, certainly more prepared than we were for the first one. And um, we have nurses in all of our schools. We're keeping track of everything that's going on. Um, so we try. And I think we're as prepared as anyone could be. But we also want to go back to thinking about what's best for our kids and getting some activities back in our schools because we have really limited that over the last two years. So I, I'm really happy that this year we're already planning our African-American celebration and that's coming up in January um, with uh, Patterson Park and Murfreesboro Parks and Recreation. So that's back. We haven't had that in a year. So having that is really nice. And there, it's I think the title of it this year is um, an African-American a glimpse of, oh, I'm so sorry, I just forgot it now. A look at the African-American story. I'm sorry to all of you who are planning that, that I messed <laughs> that up. It's something like that. I'm so, I apologize for that. I'll look it up while we go on break. But it is about the African-American story, and it's January 27th, and it's at Patterson Park. So we're back to doing that. Um, we have a STEM Expo coming up on March 10th. We have never done anything like this. It is all of our STEM certified schools coming together as well as our uh, schools who are going for STEM accreditation. So that would be eight schools. We're going to be at the Ag uh, Park at the Lane Agri Center, and that's March 10th. So that's going to be something very unique for us. We know that our community is hearing us talk about STEM and the importance of being STEM certified and the fact that we have five schools that are STEM certified is amazing. Part of our five-year goal is for all of our school district to be STEM certified, which will be one of the first districts in Tennessee to have that designation, we hope. Um, So we really want to share with the community what that looks like. How is that different? Because if you don't have a child in school, you may not understand what we're talking about when we talk about the difference of that STEM certification. So that's March 10th. And again, it's at Lane Agri-Park. So we're hoping for a great day. You'll get lots of information about that and the community will as well. Um, Our Art Expo is back. We did it last year, but we limited it a whole lot uh, as far as just the community coming in and seeing. And we'll still stick with limitations. All these events I'm talking about, we will still have some limitations with that. But uh, the Art Expo will go up February 28th at City Hall. And it will be on display for two months. So it comes down, I think, on April 28th. So if you want to see the amazing art that our students and our um, in all of our schools are are creating we would love for you to come out you don't have to have a certain day just come out and walk around the uh, city hall and see that it's just phenomenal um, 
then I was trying to think of other things. So also uh, the foundations, uh, Excellence in Education is coming back again. We did it last year outside at Cannonsburg. They were, we were so delighted with the turnout and just the feel of being outdoors and casual that we're going to keep it that way for this year. Uh, so we will be having our Excellence in Education on April 9th. And we're so excited to announce all the details about that a little bit later uh, in the first part of January. So, but go ahead and mark your calendar. It's April 9th. It's going to be very fun and, again, more of a casual atmosphere and with some outdoor options. And when it comes to science, technology, mathematics, those areas of study and focus, there are often dollars available through the federal government and I'm sure through the state government as well to, I don't know, boost those areas so that more activities can be done within the schools. For example, I, I know that Case and Lane, one of their plans with STEM funds is to put in a pond. So they're tying in agriculture and everything else with STEM projects, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so everyone has a focus um, and it looks different depending on which school you go into. Uh, so when you look at Case and Lane, they really have tied mostly into agriculture because agriculture has everything. It's got the science, the history, it's it's everything. Um, the planning process, the 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 failure and having to plan again and uh, one of the things that they have looked at and uh, is that pond and when when we say in a pond it's not like if you go out on a farm and you see a five acre pond it's a pond that is um, a very large koi pond (laughs) Uh. that's a I don't know if that's even a good thought process, but everybody hears pond a little different. Uh, and I've had questions with that. So, uh, but it will allow them to see the ecosystem of that water. It'll allow them to uh, get the water samples and look at them under microscopes. It'll see how plant cycles work, uh, water plants versus plants that are in the ground. They're hoping to also um, add an orchard. So we can also see, again, where does that apple come from? And what does this little apple seed produce, which is a huge apple tree? So there's a lot of those things that are in planning. And um, again, Kaysen is doing a great job with that agriculture focus. Um, If you went to um, Overall Creek, it would be a little bit of a different focus. So it's really nice. The one thing with the STEM accreditation is it looks like your school. It does not look like everything doesn't have to be the same. And, you know, the neat thing about the city schools, they're all within neighborhoods, subdivisions. I mean, they're in the city. And mm-hmm. and the cool thing about that, I think, is, well, that means there's going to be a, a little mini orchard next to your house. I, yeah. I mean, because it's it's cool, though, to, to bring that in, to incorporate that into the school areas, because you're bringing it into neighborhoods as well. That is true. And Case and Lane just had the acreage to do that. It sits right there in the middle of a neighborhood, and it does. it's probably the most green space in that neighborhood. And it's used as a park a lot. On the weekends, you'll see lots of people either walking their dog, or they're out on the uh, tennis courts playing, or they're on the swing sets. And that's really nice to have a school in a community where the community, community can use it you know, whenever we're not in session. Yeah. So that is nice. Um, Irma Siegel has a very similar feel to it because, again, you have neighborhoods all around it. You can walk there and you'll see people uh, playing on a regular basis. Actually, all of our schools have that. Um, so, and Irma Siegel also has a pond very similar to what Case and Lane is. And that's where Case and Lane was able to look at Irma Siegel and say, wow, that really works. There's some 
great science projects coming out of that. Let's see if we can recreate it and add it to our own uh, mixture of what we're doing. So it's kind of nice to be able to look across town or just, you know, just a lot of our schools worth the model of each other to say what's working well for you and will that work for us so we're not constantly recreating wheels. Again, Lisa Trell with us with the Murfreesboro City School System and Murfreesboro Mayor Shane McFarland. He was on the air with us, mm -hmm. I guess it was last month or so, and he was talking about a potential land swap of Middle Tennessee Electric property with City of Murfreesboro property yes. along Veterans Parkway and then the other property along Veterans at 840. And so if this whole deal goes through with Murfreesboro taking over Middle Tennessee Electric property and vice versa, it's going to open the door for a potential new school location for the city along Veterans Parkway. So has the city schools, have they talked about the idea of building a new school on that future property yet? Oh, yes. We were so excited when Mayor McFarland announced that and had spoken with us about it. Uh, the west side of our of our city is growing tremendously. Um, our schools that are overcrowded are on the west side. We have four schools within just a little bit of space of each other with Cason Lane and Scales and Overall Creek and now our new uh, Salem. And all of those are at capacity. So it's amazing how fast the growth is over on west side. And that's one of the things we're going to have to look at this year is rezoning for next year. It's a, it's a word no parent wants to hear but we're certainly going to have to look at that because even with the thought of a new school coming that's that takes a while to build a new school so and we really right now at Salem which was built for a thousand students we have 1100 students overall Creek has over a thousand as well also built for a thousand and that's um, it, it's just there's just no room uh, for the growth that we see coming scales and case are sitting the same way so we are going to be rezoning as much as I hate to do that uh, but we it's a matter of we have to it's just when you have a growing city like ours or a growing county like Rutherford it's something we have to deal with it's it's not fun we we don't like moving children but it's just part of life whenever you have the growth that we're experiencing and we hope to do it um, as easy and as logical as possible for parents but yeah but we are excited about that new school yes we <laughs> we were we were elated and we appreciate the mayor and the city council for their uh, support of the city schools and they're looking uh, again looking ahead knowing what as a city we have to do and uh, education brings in business Edu great education brings in great um uh, landowners so. yeah now if this school is built <clears throat> that's going to mean uh, roughly three city schools along veterans parkway now i know overall creek is not directly on veterans mm -hmm. parkway it's just behind it and then you have what is it the new salem creek right salem no creek just not salem creek, just salem <laughs> that's on veterans parkway as well closer mm -hmm. to uh, i guess barfield park closer to that direction right. mm -hmm. Um, so this would be the third school along veterans and, and you know veterans I guess the intention of that originally was to have veterans totally encircle Murfreesboro go all the way around the city and that's slowly what's happening but this new school if that's to be built is it going to look like Salem is it going to look like overall Creek or, or what ideas are behind it? You are much farther in your question than we are in our conversations. I can tell you that. We, again, are just um, in the 
talking stage of this. This it hasn't happened, so we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Um, but my guess, and it's it's really a guess, is we'll use a footprint of a school we've already built. I would not think we would do much to the architectural process besides just recreate what we you know it's like when you build your second home if you build it just like your first one mm -hmm. there's always a closet you'd rather have somewhere else um and the same thing happened with overall creek to salem we changed um not the outside footprint but the inside and made just a few tweaks um mr barch took him you know maybe a month walking through his school when he was like oh well if we'd have just done this or that and you know again it's like building a new home except oh i don't know you know 20 times larger so we did learn a lot with that um siegel and uh case and lane have the same footprint black fox northfield has the same footprint i think that um scales has a similar footprint in there so i, I can't imagine it not looking similar to a school we ha already have in existence that said that's me saying that out loud uh, it saves money on the architectural building process uh, it saves time because we've already done it before so i would say it'll look similar to one of the schools that already are a part of murfreesboro city schools and of course you know for those who don't have kids in the city school system anymore they've grown up and moved away <laughs> schools look a lot different today versus schools in the 60s and the 50s you know that era the mitchell nilsons you know they're, they're totally different today yeah we really try to use every space that we can um and again they're built to be larger this time uh Reeves Rogers is a perfect example. It was a community school. It's a great school. My daughter went there, um, but it's not built to hold a thousand kids. And if you put a thousand children in there, it's gonna it's gonna hurt. But right now, we can't afford to build a 500 person school because we are growing so fast. So we'll we'll see how it looks. But we're excited with the possibilities. And again, I cannot say thank you enough to. Uh, Mayor McFarland and our city council for really looking at that land and knowing that's where a new school needs to be. As Murfreesboro grows and the age of the population changes, because that does happen over time, what's going to occur when, let's say, one day, you know, that there's not as many elementary age kids out there and there's more high school age kids? What's going to happen with these school buildings? Are they going to uh, I mean, do you think we're ever going to have to consolidate and say, well, we need to close this school and just... Well, we haven't experienced that in over, um, what, 80, 90 years yeah. in Murfreesboro. So I, that is I beyond that is <laughs> beyond my uh, scope, <laughs> and I just don't see it happening. Yes, I don't see us all of a sudden becoming a small town again. I, I, I just don't see that at all. I also don't see us being the retirement town because we are uh, more... Uh, I mean, we're the fastest growing city. So how could you go to that? I don't know. It's probably beyond my years and maybe beyond yours. So, probably so. Uh, that's just something I can't answer, Scott, because I, I just don't see young families not being a part of Murfreesboro. You have to have that to have the workforce we need. I've seen some of the studies done by UT over the last five years, and it's really fascinating to see that Murfreesboro, you know, it's going to, well, Rutherford County is going to be at 500,000 before we know it. I, yeah. I mean, it's that's right around the corner. That's going to happen for sure. And then there's projections showing that I think in 40 years or something like that, you know, we're going to be at 
uh, close to a million population in Rutherford County in the next 40 to 60 years, which is hard to believe Rutherford County is going to be that big. Yeah, we're going to have to have a little few more tall buildings to accommodate we that. We can't just keep doing flat. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. I always think, well, okay, I won't, probably won't see that. Maybe my grandkids will. Um, but I'm just going to be going back to the farm is where I'm going to be going. That's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> but I think once, you know, we live in it, so we see the city growing as as we're here. Uh, people who come in and out, either, even just a year for Christmas, you, you can tell a big difference when you go, oh, where'd that building come from? Or where'd that building come from? You really can. So, um, yeah. But, you know, we've, we, it's a it's a blessing in a lot of ways because we are uh, able to put food on our table and we're not worried about uh, d- is there a job out there for me to find and all of that. So, you know, with growth, there's there's good and there's bad and we just have to embrace the good yeah. <laughs> and be positive with it. So, And Murfreesboro has one of the lowest unemployment rates in the state. Um, and with that being said, that means that it can be hard to find new employees sometimes. So how is the city looking as far as hiring new teachers and have a lot been hired over the past couple of months? Um, wow, I don't know about the last couple of months. I think we have um, less than 10 starting in January, uh, and that's mostly from retirements or things like that. Uh, we always have breaks, you know, that January because a lot of teachers are will teach through December, when I say a lot, I'm telling you it's less than 10, so not a lot, but yeah. but um, we have done a really good job in our HR department of staying ahead of the recruitment, knowing what's there, uh, what we expect to be coming. Again, a lot of it is, what are we thinking? What are we expecting? What are we planning for? So we're already planning to sign um, graduates, our May graduates, to begin in August cycle, and they start their uh, signings in January and February, going out and recruiting new teachers. Again, it's a beautiful city to live in. It's a beautiful city to work in, and so coming to Murfreesboro is not a huge, hugely difficult thing to do and to recruit there, but we are facing a teacher shortage across the nation because it is a tough job. Um, but we have not felt the burden of it as much as a lot of other districts have. Um, Now we do need substitutes. So that is something that I would say over and over again, if you would like to be a substitute teacher, we would love to have you and you get to make your own day. So if you only wanna substitute on Mondays and Tuesdays, that's fine with us. We'll put you down as a substitute for Mondays and Tuesdays. Um, If you only wanna substitute at a particular area, so you live on the west side of Murfreesboro and you only only want to substitute in the west side schools our hr department does a great job of just going around your needs and your wants so again if you're looking for something to do where it's not every day but it's as many days as you want it in beginning in january we would love to have some substitutes come in Uh, there's training so you have to come in with training you have to do your background checks Uh, there's a whole process that you go through but it's not a it's not a it's detailed, but not lengthy. You could start pretty quickly. So our HR department will be up and ready to take those applications in Monday. <laughs> so that is where we do struggle is those substitutes because it's it's difficult. And I would guess you have to have the right personality to be a substitute teacher. Oh, absolutely. Not everybody could do that. No, no, no. Not everybody wants to do it or can do it. Exactly. (laughs) But it's a really good way of seeing what's going on in our schools. And some people love it because they do say, you know, I can work on Tuesdays and Thursdays this week. Uh, I'll work on Monday and Wednesday next week or 
or I won't work for two weeks. So we are really looking forward to having some new substitutes coming into our buildings uh, with some, you know, energy and enthusiasm. And for those uh, subs that have been working with us, we appreciate you so very much. They uh, really have saved us, especially during uh, all the quarantines and everything else that's gone on in our schools. So subs are a definite thing that we would love to talk about. Um, but again, our HR department is really trying to stay ahead of the game and know what the needs are before they arise. How often do you have substitute teachers who go on to become regular teachers? I honestly don't know. You don't have I, I have, I have, <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, I do know we do have some subs now that can go back and do some different training and become that classroom teacher. But I honestly don't know that answer. Uh, most of our subs are... Uh, either retiring mm. or retired or they are um, going to school to be a teacher which is really really nice in fact ESP is probably 50% of those students who work in ESP are going on to be a teacher so they're getting that hands-on experience already uh, but as far as I'll ask. I'm going we'll to find out. I'm going to find that out. Yeah. <laughs> Again, Lisa Trail with us with the Murfreesboro City Schools. We're going to take a short break, check on the forecast and the traffic, and then we'll come back. And uh, when we come back, let's talk a little bit about some of the different partnerships that the city of Murfreesboro, the Murfreesboro schools have with places like MTSU, Nissan, and the Chamber of Commerce. Because I know there's all kinds of partnerships within the city schools that really help to. I don't know, make the city schools stand out above some of the other cities around our area. Sure. Uh, time right now, again, 847. Stay with us. We will be right back. Safety spotty rain showers possible late this afternoon. Otherwise, cloudy skies and temperatures holding rather steady. Southwest winds gusting as high as 25 miles per hour. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Vujicicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 66. Hi, this is Peter Demas with Demas's Family Restaurants. Do you know somebody who's moved far away and is missing eating at Demas's? Well, Demas's Family Restaurants now offers many of our sauces and some of our food such as pot roast and soup, to be shipped all across the nation. It's very simple. You just go to DemasFamilyKitchen.com and you can send an order to anybody as a gift all across this nation. You can send an order to anybody. Go to DemasFamilyKitchen.com. Hi, this is Becky Bookner, and I'm just so proud to talk about the veterans in our community and what an incredible gift they've given all of us. And that's our freedom and the right to live in this country. And we're so grateful to them for the sacrifices they've made. This is Kim Dunaway from Sunshine Nutrition Center. You hear me on Monday mornings at 720 talking about how to lead a healthier lifestyle. We carry supplements, personal care, and grocery items at both our Murfreesboro and Smyrna locations, family-owned and operated since 1989. In this salute, we talk to a veteran who fought in the Vietnam War. When we got back into California, they told us, do not wear your uniforms. Keith Redluff served in the U.S. Army. He was in Vietnam. We were veterans that had just come home. I've been called baby killer. I've been spit on. In a restaurant, people talking bad about you. Veteran Rudliff in Vietnam. Four individuals plus myself. I was a radio operator, and we had three artillery pieces that we supported the Arvins when they went out on missions. Just uh, five of us. 
something happened and you get overrun, you're on your own. The help is 30, 40, maybe even an hour away. Just have to do the best you can with what you have and survive. I didn't realize until I got over there, was in the first ambush, that those people were trying to kill me. And I didn't know them. I had done nothing to them. And that's when you just have to get the mindset that it's going to be them and not me. You're one heartbeat away. That's war. Unfortunately, you try the very best to protect the person on your right and left because you know they're not going to leave you and you're not going to leave them. We're all going to come out of here together or somebody else is going to have to carry us out of here together. This has been a salute to veterans on WGNS Radio. If you know a veteran you'd like to highlight, let WGNS know and we'll honor them in our daily salute to veterans. Restoration One of Middle Tennessee. A team of experts and immediate responders who help homeowners after disaster strikes. After disaster strikes. Fire, water, or storm damage. We can help you get your life back to normal quickly. Restoration One Middle Tennessee.com. Locally and veteran. This is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street. Did you know we specialize in commercial and fleet business? We're equipped to handle all of your company's automotive needs. Download our Tire World app today for free oil changes and electronic coupons. Come by today for all of your automotive needs. Online at tireworld.us. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. CapstarBank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Time right now, 8.51. Lisa Trail with us with the Murfreesboro City Schools. Man, time has flown by this morning, hasn't it? It has. So before that break, we were talking about the different partnerships the city schools have with uh, MTSU, with the Agriculture Center, I mean, there's just a lot of partnerships there. We do have a lot of partnerships. That's uh, what makes us, I think, unique in our school district. Uh, MTSU comes to play in so many ways. Uh, Their athletics department has always been a big supporter of the city schools. Uh, We do tennis clinics, and we've just actually conducted one a couple of months ago. We've done football games. We've done basketball games. Uh, So the athletics, just huge supporters. They're in our buildings. Uh, The the tennis players have actually been in teaching tennis in our gyms. Uh, During the uh, PE times, our basketball players come in and do a lot of uh, just rallying with us just during those testing times to get the kids up and ready to go. And then you have all the other departments, our, you, our education department, huge, huge partners, obvious partners with us, whether it's through the student teachers in our schools or some of the programs that they help us with, like our Gifted Academy. So the Gifted Academy has uh, been going on for, I think, seven years now, and that's a direct uh, 
partnership with MTSU. Then we have Club Marvel. Club Marvel is another thing that has been, uh, that stopped during uh, the pandemic. Um, and we're gonna bring that back this year. It's a very limited Club Marvel this year. Usually it's eight to 10 days. This year it's gonna be four. Um, and it's on Saturdays. And um, we take about 100 to 120 students to MTSU. That really comes under the community outreach program, Greg Lyles and Charisse and their department. And um, they're gonna do, I think this year they'll spend the day in concrete management, they'll spend the day in the science, they'll spend the day in aerospace, and um, there's one more. It may be the agriculture department that uh, they really take children who wouldn't have that opportunity to see MTSU and kind of to see the detail of what these careers look like and what this education looks like, and uh, just... It's, it's a great day for the students because they get to ask all those questions. They get to go out, do a lot of hands-on simulations, uh, understand what does concrete management mean when you say I'm in concrete management and how do I, if this is a field that's of interest to me, because they are making decisions in fourth, fifth, and sixth grade about what their future is going to look like. And we want to make sure that when they're in the city schools, they are already looking past middle school and high school to those college or technical skills that they're going to need because a lot of that planning does start in their minds at this age. What do I want to be? You know, that's when they believe they can be anything yeah. so we want to really say yes you can yes you can be anything you put your mind to before they get to the point of saying well maybe not because you know like if you can still believe you can do it we need to be able to keep that spirit alive and that spark of interest alive and things like club marvel do that for them you know, there are so many schools in more rural areas of Tennessee that don't have these partnerships because they are they just don't have the opportunity to right. have the partnerships. Right. So Murfreesboro is very fortunate to be where we're located, for one, and we're surrounded by universities like MTSU. Then just down the street, you have TSU, you have Vanderbilt. I mean, there's so much around us, and the partnerships are great. Yeah, and TCAT, who, which does so much for us, you know, just trying to say, if four years of college or eight years of college isn't your thing, here's another way of getting that expertise that you want to go into. So just reaching out um, with, you're right, there's so many higher ed uh, opportunities around us, uh, Motlow, and uh, that come into our schools, and they look at our elementary students and go, "Yep, we want to talk to you too," because we are making a difference in their lives. They are making decisions this early, um, at least sparking interest this early, and then they'll keep on do that. Uh, you know, whatever. Again, at this moment in their life, they can be anything they want to be. It's pretty wild to think like that. It you know, really is. You have to think like this is when they say, I want to do this. Yeah. And nobody's saying you can't. It, so if and it may be later on in life where they go, you know, I really didn't like that. You know, I want to be Batman. Now I don't want to be Batman. <laughs> but it's it's at least they're dreaming and they're thinking. And that's what you want to do is just keep that spark of interest and let them see what's out there. Because if. You don't know what's out there. You don't know what you want to be. You've got to you've got to see the outside of your household or outside of your school building to to know what opportunities you can grasp. And, and you know, sometimes these teachers, uh, teachers' aides, the the ones who work in the cafeteria, even. Mm -hmm those are some of the only positive interactions some of these children may have who may not go home to a loving household like 
what you would think a loving household should be. Well, every household looks a little different. So that's depends on what I think every parent wants the best for their child. Not every parent has that opportunity to give it, but every parent has the best of intentions and wants their children to succeed. That is my true belief. And it's our job to help them allow their children to succeed. So we want to make sure that the influence we have on them is a positive influence and that they want to keep building and and being stronger. And if there's some ways that we can help with our parents, and then we also want to do that. Because again, it's not easy to be a parent. There is yeah. no absolute guide to it. You've done that. I I've can done tell you it. it's not. Yeah, we make mistakes along the way. Sometimes we hope we don't do harm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure that, you know, like sometimes I'm like, wow, that was just a really dumb decision, <laughs> but I was young. I didn't know, you know, kind of thing. So um, we're, we're here to support families. And because education is a family thing, we do all need to be together. Now, one thing that is coming up, folks who want to sign their children up, to the Discovery School, they mm-hmm. need to, I guess, go ahead and fill out the paperwork now? Yes, Discovery School applications are due on January 7th. Uh, they We had four different Discovery-type meetings, uh, parent meetings, in December for parents who were interested. But you did, did not have to attend one of those to still apply for Discovery School. But you do have to have your application in by January 7th. That seemed like a long way away when we were announcing it, you know, in October. But it's just around the corner. So the application is a paper application. People can find it online. They can go to discoveryschoolexplorers.net or cityschools.net and get to the Discoveries page and find out more details about it. It is an academic magnet school, so your child does have to test to get into that school. And uh, those tests will be conducted in January and February. We only have a minute left, but what are some of the advantages a parent may find with Discovery School versus maybe a different school? All of our schools have a gifted program in them. Um, Discovery School is a high achievement and gifted school. So if you have a child who really you feel needs to be at that, always at that push, then maybe that's a good school for you because they have the same curriculum, exactly the same curriculum. They just dig deeper into it and they go at a little bit faster pace. Again, that's not for every child. Even if your child is a gifted child, it's not for every child, but it's a really great school. My my always my advice to parents are apply see if it's the school for you you can always say no but you can't apply after the deadline yeah (laughs) again lisa trail with us this morning with the murfreesboro city schools we are out of time as we close what is the city schools website once more city schools website cityschools.net and i will say on that website is the calendar for the rest of this school year as well as next school year sounds great lisa thank you for joining us thank you time right now nine o'clock stay with us local news followed by cbs news next Thank you.